Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 84, combining Western and Eastern medicine for young parents. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hello again, my friend. I have a fun story time for you today about an experience that was not so fun for me, but I learned a lot through it all, and I thought this would make a perfect podcast episode for today that will be applicable whether you go through my exact experience or not. Doesn't matter. I know that you will still find some value out of my top three tips that I am going to share with you today on combining Western and Eastern medicine for young parents. I know that's kind of a crazy sounding topic, but don't worry, I'm going to explain it all to you. But first of all, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by my personalized pumping plans. I have a question for you. Are you returning to work this year? Whether you work from in home or in the office, I would love to make a personalized pumping plan for you. These are my absolute favorite um, thing to make for young families. It's so easy. You purchase um, the pumping plan off my Breezy Babies website and right away a form is sent to you where I gather a little bit more information about you, your baby, your feeding times, how much you pump, what type of pump you have. I gather all the information for you and then I put it together in a personalized pumping plan. I send it over and each of my pumping plans are on on average at least 15 to 20 pages long and believe me, I really jam-pack them with everything you need to know about storing your milk, pumping, going back to work, moving seamlessly from breast to bottle, all of the things. Um, So I would love to make one for you as well, whether you work full-time, part-time, a little bit here and there, in the home, in the office, whatever it is, the pumping plan will be so helpful to you. Check that out at Breezy Babies dot com. Um, all right. Are you ready for story time? (laughs) I wish I had a little bit better of a segue, but I want to explain to you a little bit about what happened to me, um, towards the end of my pregnancy and in the weeks following so that you can have a little bit of an idea of the context behind this topic for today. And then once I tell you a little bit about my story, I will jump into my top three tips and it will all come together and will be so helpful for you. Okay, so here we go. 
Let's start um, by explaining that I could not walk (laughs) for the last couple weeks of my pregnancy. And when I say that I couldn't walk, I don't mean like, oh, I was waddling around and I just felt quite large. No, I was literally hands and knees crawling around my house, could not put or bear any weight on my right leg. (laughs) Have I ever experienced this before with any of my other pregnancies? No. This was something that I did not expect in any way, um, and it really rocked my world. I was so eager to deliver. I could just feel that my baby was so low and especially putting pressure on my right hip. I knew the back of her head must have been pushing right up against my right hip. I could just feel it. Well, it turns out that delivering my baby did help, but I was still having major issues postpartum. I still could not walk unassisted, and I now had a baby to lift and carry around, which really was not working. I could in no way drive myself somewhere, pull my baby out of the car, Um, with or without the baby carrier and walk for even two steps without needing help. Seriously, it was bad. I did some research online and I chatted with some other mom friends who have also had some hip problems after giving birth. And I wondered if it might be something called a labral tear, something I had honestly never even heard of before. But I did a little bit of research um, online about labral tears, and I did find that there was an office near my house that specialized in these. What they basically recommended was to meet with my personal healthcare provider, get a scan done of my hip, and send it over to them so they could assess if I was a good candidate for hip surgery. (laughs) And guess what? That really turned me off. I had no desire to go under the knife, especially not so soon after giving birth. Uh Uh-uh, no way. I was still healing and I could hardly walk. Plus, I had a baby to breastfeed and nourish and care for. So it was a hard pass for me. So I continued doing more research and I ended up being led to a chiropractor's office that's also near my house, almost the exact same distance away as this other office that I had been looking into and researching. Now, I was familiar with this office because they have a cranial sacral therapist on staff who works on babies who have trouble with breastfeeding. Now, if you don't know what cranial sacral therapy is, I'll explain a little bit more. Just stick with me. So um, I didn't know exactly what I needed. So I started with this office by just scheduling a deep tissue massage. I thought, okay, if nothing else, a nice deep tissue massage could only do me good and help me with relaxation and just help me Um, with all these tight muscles and hopefully help me regain some movement again. So my husband 
had to drive me there. He had to help me inside. After he left, the staff was so surprised to see that I had to hold onto the wall to walk back to the massage area. I could not walk across the room on my own, could not put any weight on my right hip. I was in so much pain. I'm sure I looked like a mess because I was only probably about two weeks out from delivery at this point. So the massage was a nice relaxing experience and she did such a good job. She worked hard to help release and relax all the tight muscles. She did extra attention around my hip because she could tell it was a real problem area. Um, and imagine this, this is just kind of a funny little side note. Again, I'm, I don't even think I was quite two weeks out from delivery. So when I was laying down, I had to have my breast pads on the table (laughs) just in case I leaked breast milk everywhere. I, I had to have just looked like a complete mess, just a sleep deprived mess, but they were nothing but so kind there. I finished with my massage and she confirmed that yes, my hip was a mess. And honestly, it was deeper down than she could access. She asked if I knew about cranial sacral therapy, also called CST for short. And I said, yes, that I referred my breastfeeding clients, babies to get it. Um, if they, if their babies had, um, needed help to release tension in their bodies to help with breastfeeding. And she recommended that I get some done. And in fact, they had an opening right then. So I took it. I was desperate for help. I hadn't been able to walk for weeks now. I had a new baby and three other kids to care for. And honestly, in the beginning, I did like the excuse to just stay in bed and snuggle my baby and breastfeed my baby and, you know, just set a great foundation for a great milk supply. But I couldn't stay in bed forever (laughs) and nothing seemed to be improving, whether I rested or tried to go for a walk, nothing seemed to help. Plus my mental health was really starting to go downhill because I needed to move my body. So I went and I did the CST and it was amazing. Okay, so if you look up the definition of CST or cranial sacral therapy, it will say gentle hands-on approach that releases tension deep in the body to relieve pain and dysfunction and improve whole body health and performance. Honestly, it did just that for me, but there still were some missing pieces. I was improving, but things still weren't normal. So luckily in the same office, they also have a team of chiropractors that does muscle activation. It turns out that my baby was resting on my hip and compressing nerves. Angry nerves get mad and can just turn off muscles altogether. I had multiple muscles around my hips and upper legs that were just completely turned off. Now, I won't get into the specifics of the test they did to check those muscles, That maybe would be for a different podcast episode. Again, I'm not trying to talk you into going and having any of these specific therapies. (laughs) Just wanted to explain a little bit of my backstory. But anyway, after about six visits to this office, I'm able to walk again, 
with very, very little pain. I am back almost, I would say, so, so close to 100% normal. Um, And some of the therapy was honestly really painful to do, especially the muscle activation. But I much preferred this um, over having to do surgery a million times over would I go back and do the cranial sacral therapy, the muscle activation, the deep tissue massage over having surgery on my hip, which PS ended up not being a labral tear. Thank goodness. Now, again, this episode isn't going to try and convince you to do certain therapies, Um, it really instead is just an episode to suggest that you have options. In fact, that is tip number one. You have options. (laughs) So for example, if your healthcare provider while you're pregnant suggests uh, something like Tylenol and a pelvic girdle while you're having, um, pelvic pain, And then after you deliver, they suggest an x-ray and surgery because the problem is still uh, persisting. Maybe that doesn't sit well with you. Maybe you're like me and you hate that. So you go and get a second opinion. Sometimes those who practice Western medicine just don't know that there are other options. There is actually a world of Eastern medicine. I personally don't just use Western medicine or just Eastern medicine. And honestly, I don't think anyone should. I think you can have a healthy balance between the two. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me explain what I mean by Western and Eastern medicine. If you actually Google Western medicine, what's going to pop up is a system in which medical doctors and other healthcare professionals, such as nurses, pharmacists, and therapists, treat symptoms and diseases using drugs, radiation, or surgery. Um, It also went on to say that it tends to focus on diagnosing and treating a disease or illness based on patient's symptoms, okay? So you go into the doctor, they say you're having these symptoms, they diagnose this disease, and they give you a drug, or they set up surgery, or, you know, whatever it is, okay? That's kind of like the classic thing that most of us are used to if you live in the United States where I live, Now, some of these options can be great. For example, let's say, you know, this might be a horrible example, but it just is one that you can visualize really easily. So let's say you're in a car crash and you crushed your leg. You have a scan done. It shows your bone is broken and damaged. You can have surgery to fix your leg. Um, You're probably given some pain medication after the surgery to help you move to further aid in your healing. That can be a great option. Well, the car crash isn't a great option, but (laughs) just having all of these things available, like the surgery and the pain medication, all of that can be a great option. But that isn't the only option. There's also something called Eastern medicine, aka traditional Chinese medicine. If you look up the, um, the meaning of this, it says a complete medical system that has been used to diagnose, treat, and prevent illness for more than 2,000 years. That's a long time, okay? Eastern medicine's been around for a long time. Uh, going to the hospital um, when you're hurt or need help, that has not been around for 2,000 years. 
So um, basically with Eastern medicine, it goes on to say that it's a system of medicine partly based on the idea that an energy um, called chi flows along pathways in the body. So one thing that I found um, kind of breaks it down into five branches for Eastern medicine. Number one is acupuncture. Number two is Chinese herbal medicine. Number three is oriental nutrition and dietary therapy. Number four is body work. And number five, um, they write Tai Chi, but that also means mind, body, spirit practice. So basically when you listen to these five things, um, what Eastern medicine practitioners are going to do is treat you as a whole. They help to encourage a healthy body to prevent illness in the future. Instead of treating illness after it's already happened, Eastern medicine can help to prevent illness in the first place and also help to speed up recovery. Okay. Um, I really liked this as well. Um, another thing that I found said Western medicine approaches, cl uh, approach clearly divides the health from the disease. Okay. It kind of separates the two yet. Eastern medicine considers health as a balanced state versus disease as an unbalanced state. Western approach tends to change the environment and the Eastern way is, uh, to prefer to adapt to the environment. Okay. Kind of interesting, right? How they have such different approaches. Um, so there can be some benefits to Eastern medicine, things like acupuncture, um, using herbs, they are non-invasive and often can cause few side effects. So maybe this is just an option for you to consider maybe before turning to prescription drugs or invasive surgery, um, maybe something from Eastern medicine would be better used as a first line approach. Okay. Something to consider again, overall, it's not like one is better than the other. I personally love to consider a balance of both Eastern and Western medicine. So tip number two is consider the options that you have. The correct decision will always look different from family to family and even from person to person. It should always be personalized care. And just know that depending on who your healthcare provider is, you may only be offered one set of options. You may need to ask for a referral or go explore yourself. As pregnancy, I had a midwife. So she was more familiar than my OBGYN that I've used in the past with options like chiropractors and muscle activation and acupuncture and essential oils. All of these I did utilize in this last pregnancy and postpartum period. Some were suggested by her and others I sought out by myself and then told my midwife about it after. <laughs> and <laughs> she's even referring some future clients to some of these therapies now. So here's the thing. You might need to seek out some therapies on your own. Your doctor is probably only trained on Western medicine. Again, that's not a problem for a lot of situations, but sometimes you may want some options from Eastern medicine. 
Okay, that leads me to tip number three. Do what is best for you. Look at both Western and Eastern medicine options. See what feels right to you. And remember, this is so important. So listen close. It is not all or nothing. You can do a combination of both. So for my hips, for example, I took Motrin some days, which would be considered Western medicine. And other days I used essential oils when my hips were hurting. I would use some copaiba and rub that um, on with some coconut oil onto my hips. And it just depended on the day. You know, some days I just wanted to reach for the Motrin and other days I wanted to reach for the essential oil. It's fine. (laughs) I like both for different reasons. And you also don't have to just pick one side and be married to it. You can do what feels right. Okay. So again, those top three tips for you are number one, you have options. Number two, consider the options that you do have. And number three, do what is best for you. If you are feeling a little bit lost along on your journey, again, the best care that you can get is always personalized care instead of just doing Google searches and trying to muddle through this all on your own. And if you would like to check to see if your insurance covers consultations with me, you can always click the link on the show notes to see if your insurance will cover up to six free consults, or you can head over to breezybabies.com, click on telehealth, and then there is a button where you can check to see if your insurance covers consultations with me. I would love to meet with you and see your beautiful face because here on this podcast, I just talk and I don't get to see you or hear you, (laughs) which is kind of sad, but I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode today. Of course, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I love it when you pop into my DMs on Instagram. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Head back here next Tuesday for another fun podcast episode. Of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. 